Miss Marlene has a special this morning. Thinking about trying to decide what song to sing this morning. I was singing this song and not only thinking about how, you know, its application to my life, but how, you know, in our world today, in our society, things are so hard. Um, we have to be so careful, you know, about what we say, how we say it. And, you know, like in Ephesians 3, you know, Paul was under house arrest for preaching about Christ. But as I was singing this song, I was thinking about how, as Christians, we have an advantage over a lot of people, you know, a lot of things and situations in this world that even though we have to be careful about speaking out and we get persecuted at times for it, there's one thing that we can always do that we have the advantage over them is that we can always fall on our knees and there's power in prayer. gets me down this world can be a lonely place to be I wonder oh God why then I try to analyze all the possibilities there is no reason or right it's out of my hands this time And I just fall on my knees He hears my plea Just fall. 
Couldn't be more appropriate song. Thank you, Miss Marlene. And uh, that's the way we all need to begin the year. And uh, thinking about my prayer life with the Lord. Our, what is our burden? And uh, what's burdening you? Appreciate Trey. And uh, wearing many hats this morning. He's back there, up here. He's working. Go ahead and open your Bibles this morning to Psalms 127. Psalm 127, and we will uh, begin reading God's holy word there. Let's all stand for the reading of this one verse, a very powerful verse. I hope you have it marked in your Bible. If you don't, it's a great one to mark. And if you write in your Bible, the Bible says, the word of God says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Let's pray. Father, may you strengthen our homes, our hearts. May we turn our minds to you this morning. Father, let your Holy Spirit be in total control. May we be open to what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. The, um, there's a lot of people that have been... Uh, matter of fact, January the 1st, Karen and I were contacted by a, a, at least a dozen people. People that were wanting to start to read through their Bible in a year. Some of them were wanting to, whether it be on in their uh, pen, on uh, paper and ink, but a lot of times they, they may be wanting to do that. Matter of fact, Karen was so elated when she got this screenshot that you see, and uh, she said, you know, I, I wanted to share that I made it through my read through the Bible plan in a year, if you use your phone, use the uh, UVersion Bible app, that's what will pop up. Very simple. It's free. And it's not uh, very hard to set up. And you can read for a week, have a week reading plan, a day reading plan, a devotional reading plan, or read through the Bible in a year plan. There's several plans. main thing is, is any pastor wants his church members to read their Bible. And not just, not just haphazardly, 
but systematically. In other words, an orderly reading plan. And it doesn't matter whether you just take one of those read through the Bible in year tracks, slap it in your Bible. It's got a place to do check marks. If you just say, oh, I just want paper and ink. I, I, that's all I want. That's good. Read the Bible. The God's holy word. Read it. Have a systematic way of reading it. In other words, an orderly. Uh, every day I'm going to read and I want it to be in orderly fashion. The Bible says God is a God of order. He's not a God of confusion. But anyway, she did that. and it, I know it's fine print, but it says started January 1st, 2013, completed December 29th, 2013. So a few days ahead. But she wanted to share it on Facebook. She said, so I maybe can encourage others to do the same. And um, she and Allie and I did the, the same one. And uh, Taylor said, well, I started mine. I got... And uh, when it was October, I was still in February. <laughs> so if you ever get discouraged and get behind, it doesn't matter. You can start in March. It doesn't matter. You can start today. Read your Bible every day. There's also another where I want to start off in my introduction this morning, and that is The Power of One Word. Another book that I was reading uh, had to do with uh, uh, the power of one word, and we're going to get into one word uh, a little bit later, our word is going to be guard. But in looking at the power of one word, I ran across a book, a great book if you're a reader, and uh, it has to do with how one word can change. It's a new way to make a resolution. In other words, I want to make a New Year's, and I talked about New Year's resolutions last Sunday. I want to make a New Year's resolution to uh, lose weight. I want to make a New Year's resolution to... Uh, Save money. I want to make a New Year's resolution to change jobs. But this uh, one person came up with a, a neat way of making a resolution. Said, let's come up with one word. One word that could summarize what you would like to do in the coming year. It's a new way to make a resolution. You can come up with the word uh, better. The, the word determined. Uh, I like the word pause. This one particular person had this word. In other words, they were so, they were always in such a hurry, and they never could slow down. We're in a hurry, we're late, we're doing this, we're always behind. And so pause, pause to take a breath, pause to tell somebody you love them, pause to give somebody an encouragement. There's a lot of words that we could use. I want to be more faithful, I want to be more consistent, so that could be your one word. You know, if you could think of one word, what would your word be this coming year? Don't just come up with one in 10 seconds. Pray about it. If you would like to do this, you may not be into uh, uh, thinking about a word that could improve your life. But what if God were to give you one word, what word would it be in thinking about this? You know, thinking about, Lord, help me to, to pause. Lord, help me to grow. Lord, help me to do some other things. So, anyway, neat book. And uh, if you if you ask me about it after church, I'll, I'll share it with you. Uh, it's in the slides, but uh, we'll we'll head that away. Guard my home. That's the very first thing. We're going to go with the word guard. Uh, you know, I want to talk real quick about having hedges and guard our and guard our home. Think about this. The very first verse that we started out with is that the word, uh, think about it, if the Lord 
doesn't, if the Lord doesn't build the house, if he doesn't keep the city, they that labor, labor in vain. They that watch, watch in vain. Think about that. Think about uh, what we would like to do for our homes and to guard. You know, think about, there's a great example of this, Noah. He literally, he built an ark for the saving of his family. And basically that ark, that thing that Noah built, saved his family from destruction. Guys, you may be the only thing guarding your home to save it from destruction. But who told Noah to build the ark? God did. God told Noah to build the ark. So, guys, God holds you responsible. Now, sometimes the guide won't step up, so the woman has to. But God holds you responsible for building hedges, having hedges around your home to say, I'm only, this is it. I'm only going to let so much of the world into my home. So many of us uh, need to do this. We need to guard our homes and our home's foundation should be the Lord. We try to, if we try to build our marriages, they'll fail. If we include the Lord in our marriages, uh, you know, somebody put it this way, and it's so true. Even our marriages are not our own. Our kids don't belong to us. That's on loan. The Bible says marriage is just for a short time. It's for this life. We're not going to be married in heaven. If both husband and wife are saved, when you get up there, they'll be your brother and sister in Christ. They won't be your wife when you get there. Jesus says marriage is for this life. It's an institution that God ordained. And so our home, I need to guard my home. Today, we need to look at marital advice and just don't have time in three or four minutes to, you know, on this one point. But who created the home? God did. God created Adam and Eve, and He said, Have kids and work by the sweat of your face. <laughs> and we often misquote it. The Bible says in Genesis 3.19 that God ordained that man should work by the sweat of his face. He, he, he ordained work. God says work is good. And to work and to raise a family, it's work. Not only, you know, the, the dad brings home the bacon, so to speak, but mom's working just as hard. It's work. Raising a home. And we need to protect our home. Who came up with this institution? Who came up with this ideal man, woman, kids raising a family? God is the creator of the family. He knows what He's talking about. And there's a bunch of good advice in the Bible. We'll be looking at a lot of that over the next five weeks. I also want to talk about we need to guard our home. We need to have a good foundation. We also need to guard its future. And having a legacy, if we're hitting the start over button this year, and say, I'd like to start over, I'd like a fresh start, I'd like to do it differently. I was reading, no, no, I was actually listening to American Family Radio this week, and there's a story about a man who ended up in prison, 
And he got out and he was determined to start over, to hit the start over button in his life. And he says, I, I, I want to do it different. I ended up in prison because of my choices and my mistakes. He had a wife, he had kids, and I don't know the exact order of it all, but he said this, and he started raising his family in church, and he mentored his sons. He said, don't make the same mistakes I made. And he said this, I want to stop a cycle. And this is his testimony. I want to leave my children a legacy. My legacy when I was in prison is I didn't know my dad. I never heard him tell me I love, he loves me. And guess what? My dad didn't know his dad. Basically, when he said that, he meant I lived with him, but I didn't know him. I was raised in a home, and my dad did this, or my dad did that, but I, your dad can be at home, and you could be a dad, and have kids at home, and they not know you. You can be there, but not present, so to speak. And so, he said, I'm going to make a difference. My kids are going to know that I love them. My kids are going to know about me, and my kids are going to know about my relationship with the Lord. In other words, he was determined to change his legacy. He was determined, as the Bible says, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, they would lay their hands upon their sons and they would bless them and give their sons a blessing. We can literally do that for our kids today. I remind Dad that, hey, I'm the oldest, I get a double portion. <laughs> And uh, it is true, you can literally, but leaving a legacy is important. Leaving a legacy means this, is that my kids, the greatest thing is that not that I teach them how to live on this earth, but I teach my kids how to live in the next life, in the life to come. Because what if they live to be 90 or 100 and then die and go to hell? Was I very successful? Did I leave them a legacy? They need to know me, they need to know that I love them, and they need to hear it from me, and I need to leave them. They need to know about my relationship with the Lord. If my kids don't know about my relationship with the Lord, probably they won't pass one down to their kids. That would be my grandkids, and yours too. Do they know you? Do they know you love them? And do they know about your relationship with the Lord? If you were raised in a home where some of that was not observed or not done, let it begin with you. Hit the start over button and say, it's going to begin with me and my kids will know. It's going to begin with me and my kids or my grandkids or my great-grandkids. I want them to know that granddad had a relationship with the Lord. Have they heard about it? Have they heard your testimony? Have you shared your with your own kids? Hey, have you ever heard about how I got saved? How I came to know the Lord? That's leaving a legacy. We should leave a legacy. We need to not only guard our home, but we need to guard our head, our thinking. Very neat verse in Psalms 101, verse 3. We've... Uh, used this before. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside, and it shall not cleave to me. In other words, guard who you hang around. Not only do you need to guard what you look at, 
especially in today's world with the ease of access of pornography and all sorts of other wicked things that are out there. It's easy to, to set before our eyes something vile, something wicked. In the Bible, we have a clear verse that says, that says we need to make a hedge, a boundary. And whatever it is to say, I, if, if something's causing you to sin, you need to deny yourself access to that. And so many times, so to guard my head needs, means I guard my thinking. Folks, this is Old Testament and New Testament. I love Psalms 1, how it sums it up in guarding my thinking. Now that verse in Psalm 101 verse 3 said, I need to guard what I put in front of my eyes and I need to guard who I hang around. If who I hang around is causing me to sin, I don't need to hang around them anymore. And then it says in Psalm 1, and how many people in here have a testimony that you know, well, when I hang around them, I'm liable to sin. Many of us have made that mistake before. In Psalm 1, blessed is the man, same principle, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seateth, sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. What will happen if you do this? He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall, shall also, also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And so, I need to guard who I hang around. I need to guard my thinking, my thought. I need to guard what I, what sets before my eyes, especially for us guys. And also, finally, in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, the Word of God says this. This tells you about, you know, some people say, well, what about gambling? Or what about uh, uh, you know, this or that? Or I've had, you know, and people try to substantiate, well, I know we shouldn't drink, but what about non-alcoholic beverages? And think this and that. Just trying to, in other words, how close can I get to the fire without getting scorched? That's what the world thinks. How, you know, and folks, we were burning leaves the other day and burning, burning leaves and getting them all for this, all this rain and that fire would get hot. I, I, you know, singe, we come in, we realize we'd got scorched a little bit. Got too close to the fire. A lot of people want to say, how close can, can I still come to church but still be comfortable in the world? Folks, if you're saved and you're comfortable in the world, something's not right. Something's not right. Colossians, Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, in other words, does it have any good quality, good appearance? Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, any good thing at all, if there be any praise, think on these things. I need to, also I need to guard my hearing. <laughs> Many of us were, uh, have hearing aids, I just wear my left one mainly. I have a right one. And uh, 
You know, and many wives in this very room will testify that their husband's hearing is getting worse. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Their husband's hearing is getting worse. You may be married to somebody who's finally relented and got hearing aids. You may be bound to determine. You may be married to somebody that says, I don't need hearing aids, but he and both you know that he does. And uh, so I don't know what it is, but that's not exactly the hearing that I want to talk about. I love basically, you know, my, there's, a, of course, the old joke. My wife looks at me and says, uh, she's looking at me, but I'm not looking at her. She says, Michael, I need you to, and she'll pause. Michael, look at me. And she knows that if I'm not looking at her, chances are I'm not listening. I may be hearing a voice, but I don't understand what she's saying until she gets my attention. Did you know God's that way? He's probably trying to speak to you right now. But we're going to see how that we can choose whether or not to listen to Him. By the way, whenever you're reading, this is a good thing. You, you just take this extra I won't charge you anything extra for it. It's free. A good little habit and a neat uh, reward. Neat advantage to this. If you want an extra blessing while reading your Bible through in a year, get you a plain, plain spiral notebook. Small, medium, or large. Keep it by your Bible wherever you're going to read. When you come across something that really hits you, or God speaks to you, of course, in your heart, He'll lay something on there, jot it down. Because if you're like me, if you don't write it down, you'll forget it. Okay? But it's really cool, really cool, and it's neat. Try it. I double dog dare you. Give it a shot. Give God a shot. Matter of fact, I love Malachi. It says, put me to the test. So, God's already done this. Put me to the test and see if I don't keep my end of the bargain, my promise. It's in Malachi. Read it. Anyway, so this also goes with his word. He says, my word will not return void. Okay? Isaiah fifty-five eleven. So, if you'll read it, keep you a blank sheet of paper, I guarantee you he'll give you something to jot down. We need to guard our hearing, our hearing, listening to God speak. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8, just a, I mean, this is it. This is what we want all of our kids to do. And uh, just some simple, simple advice. In Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. I'm sure that Karen and I are the only ones that have kids that at some point in time stopped listening to their parents. I, I guess we're probably the only ones that have that problem. If I'm wrong in that, you can let me know after church. But uh, that's all we want. <laughs> I think I've got some advice to give, but they say, you know, they, they don't, but that's all. But folks, this is throughout this whole 31 chapters in this book. Oh, by the way, that's another neat thing to do is read the book of Proverbs if you want a daily devotion. I've read the book of Proverbs probably 40 or 50 times. You know why? 
because I have a neat devotion, whatever day of the week it is, or excuse me, day of the month, I read that chapter. If it's the fifth, I read fifth chapter of Proverbs. In days that just have 30, I have to read uh, an extra chapter because there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. But that's another neat way to read the book of Proverbs. And by the way, you say, well, what about reading it the second, third time? You'll get stuff out of it you didn't see the first time, second time, third time, fourth time. It doesn't matter. It's amazing. God's book is a living book. So guard your heart or your hearing. Uh, Isaiah 6, let's hit there real quick. Uh, And this is something that happens to everybody. We need to guard our hearing. In other words, not listening to the Lord. Matter of fact, he gave up on these people. He said, Isaiah, I want you to go preach to them, but they're not going to listen to you. In Isaiah 6 and verse 9, it says, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. See you indeed, but perceive not. God's being a little sarcastic. And then he says uh, in verse, verse 10, he says, Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert and be healed. Which means this, it means that they weren't paying attention, and he knew that they weren't going to listen to Isaiah. And then I won't turn over there, but First Kings 19.12 just says this is a great verse. It says that God wasn't in, he wasn't in all the fireworks and pizzazz in the world. But you know what God's word does? If you'll listen, he'll speak to you in a still, small voice. We also need to not only guard our home, guard our head, guard our hearing, but we need to guard our heart. And uh, Proverbs 23, verse 7, the very first part of it says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So in other words, how you think, what you think about is in your heart. You know, whether uh, there's a neat passage back in Psalms 95, verse 8, where God was constantly dealing with hard-headed Hebrew people. And in Psalm 95, this is he's saying, listen, would you stop being hard-headed? Stephen, whenever he was preaching in Acts chapter 7, he said, you hard-headed, stiff-necked, and uncircumcised of heart means you're lost. That's what it meant. (laughs) You need to get saved. You need to get right. And this is bold words here in in Psalms 95 and verse 8. It says, harden not your heart. As in the provocation and in the day of temptation in the wilderness. In other words, those times whenever they were wandering around in the wilderness in Israel. And he, they would say, no God, we refuse. We don't want to listen. Guess what? Did you know people are still hardening their heart today to the Holy Spirit? What does that mean when it says we harden our heart? Rebellious refusing, resisting of change, resisting God, resisting the Holy Spirit. So many of us resist the Holy Spirit of God. Well, if we don't need to harden our heart, what kind of heart do we need? This is a great prescription. In Psalm 51, verse 10. This is the kind of heart we need. It's all here in this one chapter. Verse 10 says this, you need a clean heart. 
And then verse 17 says you need a broken and contrite heart. So I need a clean heart? What, what does that? The blood of Jesus. And once you get saved, once you come to know the Lord as your Savior... Then you need a broken heart, which means this. A broken heart is not a hard heart. A broken heart is God is one that God has stepped on and crushed. Just like that potter. You take that marred vessel and God can rework it. A lot of times we... The only time God can use us is when He makes our vessel. Don't try to clean it up on your own. Let Him clean it. Give it to Him. Say, God, I'm a sinner. I need you. In my life every day. Well, lastly, and this is where many of us, matter of fact, some of you may be in a hurry to get out of here. <laughs> I'm in a hurry to get out of here. Preacher, hurry up. Man, I'm getting antsy. I need to get up. You need to hush. We're in a hurry. I know y'all y'all couldn't handle it. The uh, <laughs> brother Glenn, when we go to the Philippines and we're going to be speaking, he scheduled us to speak for an hour and a half. Now, how about that sermon? Say, so where's the intermission? <laughs> Is there a halftime? Can we get up? Well. <clears throat> A lot of them, we're just, it just goes to show you we're too busy. We're too busy. In Psalms 27 and verse 4, not, not to say that we need to preach that long, because a lot of us don't have attention span longer than 30 minutes, and I've been going about 30 minutes, so that's the reason I'm winding up. In Psalms 27 and verse 4, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. Do we desire to be with Him? Do we desire to spend time with Him? Isaiah chapter 40, this is a great verse. And verse 31, <clears throat> the Word of God says this, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But what is the very first? What is it all contingent upon? They that wait on the Lord. We're in such a big hurry today that we can hardly hear God speak. Uh, there's a book in our library. It's called Too Busy Not to Pray. Great, great book. Where most of us uh, don't. We don't pray or don't read our Bible. These two things are fundamental to having a relationship with Him. If you're saved this morning, you got saved when you stopped, you paused in your hurry, you realized you were a sinner, you asked Jesus 
to save you. Now that you're saved, He wants to maintain that relationship with you. All He wants you to do is just stop, say a little prayer, read His holy word. But a lot of times we're too busy, and we're too busy, which makes us do what? We forget. Oh man, I forgot. I forgot to pray. I forgot to read my Bible. And don't quit on God just because we forgot. He's all about second chances and third chances and fourth chances. He's the God of another chance. He is. Peter was saved. An apostle called to preach. He messed up. We all mess up. We all can turn against God, but He'll always welcome us back if we turn to Him. What will your word be this year? Is it hurry? Or is it woe? Is it grow? Or is it no? What's our word? Is our, is our word love? I need to love more. I need to hate more. I need to be less angry. I need to be a peacemaker. I need to be a helper. I need to be an encourager. What could your word be? Don't just come up with one. Ask God. What, do, what one thing would you like me to do better in 2014? It's okay to ask God. If you're brave enough, just ask Him. Be serious. Do we want to grow closer to Him? Do we want to do better? Do we want to be more faithful? It's, it's our choice, isn't it? As we prepare for a hymn of invitation. Father, we bow before You, asking that You would just Help us to listen. Help us to hear. Help us to guard our homes. Help us to guard our eyes and our heart this year. Give us the strength and the determination we need. If there's somebody here and they've never asked you into their life, they've never asked you for forgiveness of sins, They've never asked You to save them. I pray that they would do that while they have this opportunity. In Jesus' name, Amen.